All right, so let's jump into this thing. This is the coach's notes, the audio version of this thing. And uh, I'm really impressed with Substack, I have to say. So just a little bit of commercial plug here. Substack is the platform that I am using, and they're really hell-bent on creators um, being able to have a platform where they can monetize their work in the simplest kind of fashion. I mean, I haven't turned that that feature on because I'm, I'm just not at that space just yet. Um, but they're you know, sort of got to start. I mean, it's a newsletter, essentially ish kind of platform is is what they build themselves at. Um, and then they've only just recently added the ability to do audio now. So you can make a podcast if you're not a writer and you prefer to do podcasts. So you have that capacity um, to do that. And they now also have what they're calling the uh, well the community aspect. So you can start a, a read it type post, and uh, where your community then can have a discussion uh, amongst the people in the community. So yeah, I'm really digging the platform, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. I just thought I'd put a little bit of plug into it while I'm doing the audio as well as doing the newsletter, and then eventually. When I got enough of you characters interested in enough um, in the platform itself, I might even do the community thing now. I'll probably hold off on that one because there's only like about, what, two or three of you? Now, there's a little bit more than you than that, but um, I'll hold off on that feature, but I wanted to try them all out, and this one uh, was right up there with me. So I'm in my home little studio at the moment, um, a couple of things, and let me get me some coffee going here, is, um, well, I want to go into the notebook, and I'll get there in a second, and there's possibly two things I want to talk about. Definitely one I want to talk about, and it's, a, it's an article from uh, Tristan Harris, and then another one, uh, if we have enough time, I don't want to spend gazillions of time uh, on here. If I get around to it, I'll do the second one, which is around um, some of the Hellenistic philosophies and what it was about, the pragmatic schools of philosophy. But let's stick with the first topic first, and this one is from Tristan Harris. It was an article that I read um, last week sometime, so I've just been going through and taking my notes on it. And the article was about how technology exploits our mind's weaknesses. Now, Tristan Harris used to be the ethicist for Google. So that's interesting. I didn't know that, you know, these big companies hire uh, philosophers to tell them whether they're being ethical or not being ethical. I mean, he's since left Google and he does a lot of writing now. Um, it's showing people how these platforms... Um, are designed to deliberately manipulate your mind, basically. Um, so he's this particular article outlines how many hijacks here? Uh, it's like six, seven, seven hijacks he outlines, um, and they're interesting. I'm going to talk about the first one first. Is my favorite one, but he has a quote here. He says, "Once you know how to push people's buttons, you can play them like a piano." And that's a scary thought, that is. 
And as I was looking at some of his other stuff he, that he, he's written, like um, how um, the way that the systems are set up, that they essentially it's like crack cocaine, isn't it, man? So, in fact, I think he does talk about. Let me let me get into the let me get into the um, the different hijacks. So, how your mind is hijacked. The first one, which is my favorite one. As it says, he says, hijack number one is if you control the menu, you control the choices. And that was fantastic to me. So basically what he's saying is that um, is that we have this perception of freedom, a choice on these platforms, and no one ever actually questions the choices that you're given. So while you feel like you have, you know, a multitude of choices, you actually don't have input into or stop to question, or we don't stop to question or ask about um, the menu itself. So what's, and like a couple of questions he outlines here. So uh, what's not on the menu, which I think is a good one. So here's all these choices here that I'm given, but what's not here? What am I not seeing? And what am I being given? Or why am I being given these options and not others? Another question he says is, is do I know the menu providers goals and that's and that's a big one for me and as in and you know you, yeah as in you you know you always kind of kind of question what are people's motives so you know i've you, you post stuff out and i have as a question uh, that someone put on their instagram the other day that says what are you doing this for um and it was just you know just um one of these you know inspirational saying type things but i thought it was a pretty cool question actually what are you doing this for why are you posting this thing in, in this um but i think that applies here in this idea of you know why what what is the um provider's goal so why you know your facebook does what it does why um yelp he talks about yelp and twister or twitter and all these other ones anyway but what is it what is their goal what are they trying to do um, on the big level, of course, they're a company, so they're trying to make money. Um, and they make money by keeping you on the platform as long as possible because then they can take all that data, the big data that they're getting, and then they can monetize that through um, advertisers and, and such like. So, you know, their benefit and then what they're after is to keep you on the platform. And it's pretty subtle in the ways that they do that. I mean, just for an example, on Twitter, for instance, when you go onto your Twitter and your mobile, um, there's a like a half a second delay before the little red circle comes up to tell you how many at mentions you have. And it's the and that fires off that anticipation, some dopamine, because you're waiting for you're anticipating that, and so your brain is is getting in this space of anticipation. And then when you get the little red thing, it fires off the sort of pleasure bit. The dopamine starts kicking up, kicking in, and so you get, you know, the more that you go on, <laughs> and you wait for this little hit, and you get that dopamine rush, then you want more, and you want more. Um, so it's crazy these these little things. So. It's interesting. Another quote um, from this the hijack number one, the first hijack. And he says, um, um, millions of us fiercely defend our right to make free choices while ignoring how those choices are manipulated upstream by menus we didn't choose in 
the first place. And you can apply that to all sorts of aspects um, in society. And uh, yeah, you can. <laughs> um, or even, you know, I, I'm sure I'm, I know I'm, you know, I've done it, you know, right? We just say, well, here's some choices for you. Um, and there's generally the choices that, you know, you're kind of okay with any of them. Um, this is a classic sales technique that is, um, I remember as a financial consultant, we did that all the time. It was like, well, here's your options. Um, any of the options we actually don't mind, but you know, the way that we put it, like, here's all the options and then, and thereby, you know, giving you three or four choices and you feel like you have this freedom, um, to choose. And when in actuality, I wanted you to buy any of the four and it actually didn't really care which of the four, um, that you, that you chose. So, yeah, I mean, it happens. It's around there. It's out there. But I thought that was interesting. He, he, you know, if you control the menu, you control the choices. So that was cool. Um, another, oh yeah. And another one he talks about on this, about the sort of, uh, the dopamine aspect here. So and menu wise. So like he talks about people who um I don't know if you do this and I'm guilty of this. I mean I do do this. I mean I use because I use the alarm. Not that I wake up to an alarm and I think about it, but I do you I set the alarm on my phone basically and it's on the bedside. Um yeah and it's in there in there. But when I wake up and I'm guilty of this, I know. So yeah. Um, you get up and after I, you know, go to the, as I'm walking to the toilet and doing my stuff there, um, you know, I'm walking down to the coffee maker and I'm checking the phone. It's like the nearly, nearly the first thing I'm doing in the morning. Um, and they said, you know, again, that the subtlety in the mind, how it works on us. So if you wake up in the morning and turn on your phone over to see a list of the notifications, don't you? So you want to look and it makes this frame and it frames your experience that, you know, waking up in the morning, um, the menu then is all, here are all the things I've missed since yesterday. So the, you know, you wake up, you're looking to see how many email notifications you got, how many of those little red circles you got on Twitter, how many of the little red numbers you got on Facebook and um, that this is all the things that you missed while you were asleep. <laughs> and again, yeah, yeah. Mm. Hijack number two, put a slot machine in a billion pockets. <laughs> again, this is just crazy. So, um, and this was a crazy statistic here. It said, it said slot machines make more money in the United States than baseball, movies, and theme parks combined. That's just a wild statistic, isn't it? And so these tech developers are like, okay, well, how do we, how do we um, create that same condition uh, with our piece of technology is what they're after. And so giving you that... Um, Giving you that sense of, you know, I need to have more. I gotta I gotta be picking up my phone and turn and and getting onto these platforms. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's again that just the the deliberateness in this to get you hooked on your phone is to model um these these forces that again manipulate the mind in that sense. Um 
what is this? Uh, oh, this was just a quote. I don't even know why I put this in here, but um, it's in the notebook. So it was a quote from an Albert Camus quote, actually. It says, the only way to deal with a devil in the unfree world is to become so absolutely free that your very existence is an act of rebellion. Ah, so this was Camus saying how to rebel against (laughs) um, an unfree world. But yeah, anyway, so hijack number three, fear of missing something important. I never heard that before. I've always only seen uh, FOMO, you know, fear of missing out. But this is fear of missing something important, which is probably even more sinister in that sense, is that, you know, if I'm not connected, if I'm not jacked in, as I seen on a Buffy one time, there was an episode, if you're not jacked in, um, then you're out. So, yeah, and you don't want to miss the on Twitter, you want to miss the important news that's going on, you don't want to miss important events that might be happening, you know, where's everybody at, what's the big thing, what's the trend, what am I missing? Um, you can even go, you know, email is the same. I mean, it's not a new concept, isn't it? I mean, you talk about the, um, you know, the 24-hour society and, you know, we start having emails and our little Blackberries and things like that. And there's just expectation that, um, especially, you know, you're working and you get an email, you know, your bosses, there are plenty of bosses that I know who are cranking out or sending out emails at like 11 o'clock at night or just or past midnight they're sending out Send them out on the weekends. You know, these emails are just firing off, you know, 24-7, essentially. Um, And then there's an expectation. There's an expectation that if you get an email from your boss, for instance, regardless of the time of night, um, that you'll reply to it in your own time. Not when you come back to work the next morning, but, you know, if you were at your phone and you get it at 11.30, well, you better respond. And I remember, and I can't name companies, but um, one big company that I was doing some consulting for. I mean, you know, people used to look to see when you when the email was sent, and then people took note of how how long it took people to respond to it. I.e., if you decided, well, heck, man, I'm on my own time. <laughs> I'll respond to that in the morning. That was a a negative if you waited till, you know, you got back to work the next day um, to respond to the email. So it's just insane um, in that sense. Unplug is the message, is the note that I wrote next to that. It's, I mean, reading this article just makes me want to unplug. I mean, I love technology. I love being on the Internet. But when I read just how and I think, well, do I love it because I I love it? Or is am I hooked? Have I been manipulated by the big machine? Hijack number four, social approval. So we're all vulnerable to social approval. Uh we wanna we feel like well we want to belong, don't we? So we're a herd animal. Um and we want to feel like we belong. We want to get the appreciation and and you know um you know, from our peers, we want to have our peers recognize us, acknowledge us, um, and this, I mean, this works, this is not just uh, limited to online, but online, 
um, heightens this or plays on this, or these technology companies want to play on us even more. You know, get your like button, don't you? Get your um, uh, the hearts on Twitter and every every social network has it, isn't it? That you can show your appreciation by um, likes, hearts, whatever. Uh, and and some, you know, you know, some of the kids. I mean, they're crazy with this. Like um, talking to my son and daughter, and you know, they were, you know, um, you know, we were having this discussion, um, and kids will put a picture up, and if it doesn't get a certain number of likes in a certain amount of time, they'll take it down. It was mad. It's like you know, yeah, that's crazy. It's mad. It'll take. They'll yeah. He's still. They'll take it down if it doesn't get enough likes in the right amount of time. So yeah, this whole social approval bit hijack number four. So hijack number five, social um, reciprocity, basically tit for tat. So if you do me a favor, then I owe you the next time. Again, very old principle. Now, technology companies take advantage of these because it's a social norm in that one. So, so you know, if I do a favor for you, then, you know, there's almost an expectation that, you know, you do me a favor. And if I say thank you, you know, the social norm is for you to say you're welcome. Um, yeah, if I send an email to you, it's rude if you don't get back to me. You know, it's that kind of thing. So, and the other thing, so if I follow you, it'd be rude for you not to follow me back. So, again, these companies build this into the system um, in terms of getting you to needing to be on the platform and staying on the platform and engaging with the platform for all these reasons we just discussed so far. So hijack number six, the bottomless bowls and infinite feeds and autoplay. That was an interesting one, bottomless bowls. Um... So another way to hijack people is to keep them consuming things, even when they aren't hungry anymore. That's the idea of the sort of bottomless bowl. Um, it just keeps you going. And if you think about, and if you look around you, the next time you're out in the public or on the train or any of that sort of stuff, just look at this, the thumb action that people are scrolling, mobile first, and it's just infinitely going up that feed. And again, you know, I'm not saying I'm immune to any of this. Um, uh, you know, and I, I don't spend as much time scrolling on Facebook, but I love t Twitter is where I'll just, I can find myself scrolling infinitely. Um, and Instagram as well. Not so much infinite scrolling on Facebook for me, but that's just a, um, a personal thing. I mean, for me, for Twitter and my infinite scroll is because I'm, you know, there's, I get lots of different, um, things that I, f I follow, I guess, on Twitter. And so I get exposure to a lot of different things, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the whole idea is that I'm just like scrolling up on this thing. So, yes, the infinite infinite feed, bottomless bowls, autoplay. And, some, and like, um, you know, and I know you can kind of set it, but it seems to reset itself, like on YouTube, and you watch a video, and it kind of defaults into autoplay. So to get you to watch the next video, it's like, you know, you watch one and it automatically starts to play the next. And again, the idea or concept is algorithm will be choosing what it thinks that you would be interested in seeing next um, and therefore drawing you in. 
to watch the next video and the next video. Because remember, this is what the whole gig is to get you to stay on the platform as long as possible is what they want. Hijack number seven, and I think this is the last one, is it? Yeah, last one is instant interruptions versus respectful delivery. Um, and I don't even remember what that one's about because I go off into something else <laughs> after that. It must not have been that interesting. Um, and I'm just going off of what I got in my notes. I don't have the actual article with me. So, yeah, so instant interruption versus respectful delivery. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that one was about, but I think we talked about enough of these to make you think, well, what the heck? Um but just pay attention to, or this, you know, you know, over the next couple of days, just look at your habits. Just what is your relationship to the phone? That's what I'm, I'm getting at. And just, just be an observer, be a third party observer to how the phone makes you feel, what you're anticipating when you go on it. Um, could you leave the house without it? Like I know, you know, I'll turn around and come back. If I forget my phone, which is a rare, 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 super rare um, condition for me. I think I've, I remember doing it once. And this was a few years back because I never forget. Not now. There's just a ritual for me. If before I got out the door, pat my left pocket to see if I have my phone in there. It's like a check. I pat my left pocket for the phone and I pat my right pocket for my wallet which is where I keep my wallet I don't keep my I don't wear my wallet in the back anymore um, I used to wear it in the back and so before I used to tap my right butt up to make sure my wallet was there um but it's in the front now but there was so that's why that's why I mean it's been like two or three years it's been no nah, it's been even longer than that I think it's easy four years ago that was the last time I left my phone and I remember I left it but I was going like two hours away and I didn't realize that I left it until I was way down the motorway, which it was, and I was, you know, I was going to see a client, do some client work, so I couldn't be late to that, so I couldn't turn around. So I had anxiety all the rest of the trip, and then I was anxiety <laughs> at work. But then something that I realized, um, and I didn't, it wasn't so... My anxiety was minimized by the fact that in actuality, I actually don't talk on the phone that much. I just, it's all messaging, it's all text uh, or email. But so it's rare that I call. So I was able actually to do, you know, everything really just from my iPad, right? Because I can text on it or at least if you you know texting another iPhone user um I can email I can do all the social media on this so it wasn't but just the fact that it was my phone and he can get paranoid thinking that how I lost it <laughs> um I found that I could use other means to stay connected but I still had you know the sort of FOMO or the FOMOSI, fear of missing something important. Um, so, yeah, so, well, I forgot where I was going with that. Oh, yes, the whole pay attention to 
what your relationship is to your phone or to tech, your tech, technology in the form of internet, um, the social tech, I like to call it. So all your social medias, what's your relationship to that? How are you? What's going through your mind at the moment you decide I'm going to go on to Facebook, whether you're doing it on your mobile, which most people probably do it from their mobiles. But you're going to go onto that platform. Mm. And what is it that you feel when you do that? What happens if you was to, um, people do these digital detox, don't they, where they just come off of technology altogether? I haven't, um, I have, yeah, hmm, have I ever, I've not done a digital detox, not, not intentionally. I mean, sometimes you can, when I go, when I'm out in the mountains um, and you don't have a signal, then this force detox then. So that's always cool. Although I still have tech. I need to have a total, a total tech detox. Like, but then you, yeah, I don't know, because you got your cameras and pictures and GoPros and drones and all sorts of stuff. So I don't know. Uh, but a digital detox, I know some people do do. I reckon I could be okay digital detoxing from internet aspect, but it always, I know there's that anxiety, fear of missing out. What am I missing? Um, you know, maybe someone's wanting, and it's probably, you know, I guess it's, it's, it's even heightened because I'm self-employed, right? So I'll have that other element to it. It's like, oh, yes, well, it could be an email coming through from someone asking for, you know, what is a quote on something? You know, it's that kind of thing is going in as well. So, because my whole of my, you know, prospecting and stuff is via um, the internet. So it is an important tool, but it's, you know, there's a darker side um, to this piece of technology. And I know if you're, if you're into, if you're on Netflix and you've watched Black Mirror, if you haven't watched it, watch it, but that's, uh, kind of the point of Black Mirror is uh, looking at the unintended consequences of technology. Okay, I don't think I'll do the other one. We can save that for another time. Uh, maybe I'll do a write-up of it. Or I'll just save it for the next podcast. Um and we'll cover it then. So, anyway, love to hear your thoughts about a little experiment here in terms of your relationship with your phone. How important is it to your life? Can you live without the thing? How long can you go? Is that cool that because um, Apple came out with the app last year, isn't it? So you can look to see how much time you spend on your phone and what apps you're using, um, how many times you've checked Facebook. <laughs> um, so, okay, I think that will do the trick for, him, for me. So this is Coach's Notes, and this will be, I'm treating these all as, um, you know, different editions. So it will be the Coach's Notes number 35, this is, isn't it? but it's the audio version. So um, if you didn't catch it in previous edition, 
Uh, essentially, I'm looking to do, and this is maybe a little bit ambition, ambitious considering everything else I've got going on, but I'd like to get the notes out um, three days a week. So Tuesdays will be the audio version. Um, Thursdays, a curated version of the things that I've been reading uh, on the internet that isn't going to necessarily make it into Sunday's edition, which is a more reflective um addition that one as i reflect back through the things i've been reading about and or watching or seeing or experiencing uh during the week so three different versions of the notes i uh, hope you like all of them but you know you at least know when they're coming out and which version so you can you can you know, interact with whichever one works best for you. But I want you to to interact with them all. <laughs> but yeah, I know everyone's short on time and you probably got 10 gazillion other pieces of things vying for your attention, which is valuable, isn't it? Okay, anyway, hit me up comment-wise. Shoot me a reply email to this. Let me know you're out there. Let me know what's going on in your... Minds, craniums, life, all of it. Cool. This is Clay signing off on the coach's notes number 35.